Oil and fire. It's the buds. Talking about the buds, the boys, the beauties, the maple leaves. We're here with episode 14. Here to break down the two games against the Calgary Flames and the first of three against the Edmonton Oilers. And we're just going to start things off um, with our, our challenges of, of, of the week. Um, so, Kian, why don't you get us going here? With uh, what do you think your challenge will be for the Maple Leafs based on what you've seen so far this week? My challenge for for the week, based off of what I've seen, is like more of what we saw tonight. <laughs> like more of what we saw tonight. Like it was uh, just like the consistent effort across the board from all four lines, and just pe- people not forcing things. I would think that would be the biggest thing. Is like taking the time when the time is there and not forcing things up the ice when you don't need to. We had a couple of brain dead moments we were throwing backhand passes up the middle of the ice and let the really bad chances that Jack Campbell had to make big saves on. But for the most part, they were safe, responsible, not forcing anything. So that would be my challenge is stay I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Stay the course? No, stay patient. Stay patient. Stay patient. That's that's pretty good. Especially you know, following a you know, starting the week off getting shut out yourself. It's it's not a good way to start. But they bounce back in an excellent way. And, I mean, I would challenge them to stay the course. Stay the course. So, like, even if things go badly, if you get shut out in a game, don't let that change your mindset. Don't let that change your game plan. You've got to stay the course. And, of course, we're going to have to introduce our, our guest here. And you've all met him before. It's Peter Hopkins here again. Oh, thank you very much, and what a game tonight. What a balanced game by the Leafs. Just a beauty. <laughs> and this is what we expect from the team, and you couldn't... There's nobody on the team you can fail. There's no... There's no. This is just absolutely perfect. So what would be your challenge to the team based off of this week for next well, week? The three games. I would say play like tonight. This is what's called keep the game simple. Mm-hmm. This is a simple game where no player is like absolutely fabulous but there isn't a mention of any small minor minor mistake it's just the whole team working as one it's a thing of beauty agreed Agreed. absolutely and that's what you love to see yeah unfortunately we have to start on a a more somber note of that horrible game on, on monday yeah so you know breaking down the first game against the flames and it was just not pretty we got shut out. Um, I mean, we hit posts, crossbars, and everything in between. Yet we ran into a hot goalie. Uh, David Riddick was just outstanding. So, you know, kudos to him. And we have Michael Hutchinson in that. And uh, Hutch was Hutch. <laughs> that, that, that first, the first goal can't go in. No. And, like, I, 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 I had this point when we were talking about Freddie, uh, at the, in the, as far as the roller coaster and, like, the, the bubble. And it was just like, there's one thing to, to let in a goal. There's one thing to let in a bad goal. But timing is everything when it comes to letting in goals. And in a 0-0 game, halfway through the second period, and that's the goal you let in, that just deflates the entire team. If they were, if they were, already, they were already having a tough time scoring, they already hit three posts at that point, and then your goalie lets in that... It's it's like putting a, a needle into a giant inflatable p- pillow, like it's just gone. So it like 
I, I, I don't blame him entirely for it, but well, that goal can go in. Absolutely, but the one thing the goalie can't do is score goals for you. So, you know, it, it's all it's always tough to blame the goalie when you get shut out. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's just the nature of getting shut out. The offense didn't produce anything. But we ran into a really hot goalie on the other end, and kudos to David Riddick for his play. What were your thoughts? Well, I thought Calgary played exactly the same way as Leaf played the night. That's that balanced game of everybody knowing their assignment and keeping it simple. It's a term overused, way overused in hockey. But uh, it is fact of life that if when everybody plays a little bit and some people are not trying too hard, you get a win. Calgary did it against us last on Monday and we did it tonight against the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> Was, were there any standout players for you in that, that first game against Calgary? E, on either side. Standout? Well, I mean, other than David Riddich, who just stood on his head. Yeah, he, he um, was playing out of this world. I, can't, I, don't know, I just like keep coming back to how like frustrated I am with Jimmy Vc. And I can like see why Buffalo didn't want him anymore. <laughs> I can see why the Rangers didn't want him anymore. Like it's it, it's just very it's very obvious. It's just like the guy. It, it, he's just a guy. He's just he's just there. Like he he just he doesn't do anything. Like I would rather have Verabana with zero points or one point or whatever he has, who literally works his ass off and gets at least chances, versus VC, who's just he's just there. He's just on the ice. Like he's just taking up ice time. I I I just I and I. I I don't know how you can sit someone like Patan, who like looks great every time he's in yeah. the lineup, over VC, who just does nothing. And you know, it's actually a very funny comparable between VC and Patan because they were both very highly touted coming into the league. Patan with his World Junior success, VC with his college success, and they were both you know supposed to be really good players in the NHL, but they're both kind of struggling to to find their way in the NHL. And I, I think Patan deserves more of a shot than VC at this point. I think VC's been given so many shots, and sure, he, you know he, he scored. Did he score thirty goals or was it just twenty? Who VC in, he, in he New York? Twenty goals. Okay, so Actually, I don't even know if he did. It might have been like eighteen. Okay, well, he had one good year, right? And maybe that's something he has on on Patan because Patan's just kind of been like. Kind of there. He's never really he's had, had good a, games. He's never really had a full season in the NHL. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I think VC's been given way more of an opportunity than Patan ever had. Oh, easily, easily. Patan has never had held down a consistent lineup spot in any team he's been been with. I, I'd love to see some more of him. Mm-hmm. Same personally. What are oh, your thoughts of VC versus Patan? Like, there's that comparison. There's that, there, well, I think there's no comparison. Here's a guy who's been. DC, it's been handed to him since he was a kid. Uh, he's been in, his dad's been in the hockey business whole life, handed to him. And I got the feeling that uh, this college kid wanted to pick and choose where he can go. He's got a bit of attitude, maybe. Mm. That's what it seems to me, just from a distance. I don't know the guy, but it looks like how, how he plays. You can't just turn up and skate well and, and just skate around the ice and expect puck just to go, to go in. It takes a lot of hard work. Mm. Absolutely. What's weird about VC specifically is because he got drafted by the Predators, and when he was making that decision to join the league was right before the Predators went on their run to the Stanley Cup final. Why wouldn't you have wanted to join that team, the team that drafted you and took a chance on you, and instead you decided to go join the dwindling Rangers? 
Yeah. Like, I, it didn't make any sense to me at the time. I was no, like, it why, didn't make any why sense. the Rangers? The, the, after they had, like, just announced they were doing a rebuild. Yeah, like, like it, it did. It just didn't make any sense. And so, like, I wonder where his head is at as far as his, his career is concerned. It's just like, dude, like, you gotta do what's well, best for you, but, like, you gotta make a smart decision at the same time as well. Well, you know what stands out to me the most uh, from uh, an analytics perspective from this game against Calgary is two different things. One, we had 17 turnovers compared to Calgary's nine. We almost doubled them in, in turnovers. So that, that, that can't happen. Yeah, yeah. M- Mitch had one of his, like, indecisive games. And you could tell, especially on the power We went over seven on the power play. Yeah. Over seven. And, and they were two for five. And there's two of your three goals. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. They just didn't seem like they had it. I, every 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 pass, every decision they made was they were just indecisive about everything and just second guessing every play they did. Yeah. And the amount of pass you saw like go into the player's feet or going two feet ahead of the guy because they just weren't sure about it. And that extra second you wait, the opportunity's gone. That's, the, that's hockey in a nutshell. The other stat that stands out to me is the hits. We got out hit twenty four to fifteen. So I mean, they had almost ten more hits than us. I mean that I don't I don't think that means as much. We got to hit forty to ten tonight, and we dominated the game. So I, that I know, but but this hit. is in a game where you are getting dominated. Yeah, where not only are you getting dominated on the offensive side, but you're also getting bullied and pushed around. And Fair. and I think there's a correlation between that you know that amount of hits versus our amount of turnovers. And that's why I mentioned these two stats because I think they coincide with each other because inevitably hits lead to turnovers. Yeah, that's true. So those are the two that stand out to me the most. I I mean, uh, obviously uh, Calgary played a really solid game and I I mean, they played like the team that we thought they would be, but I I seriously think Calgary's underperformed so far this year. Their offense is just dried up. Like they're they're like, where, where has Johnny Goudreau gone? What happened? <laughs> I know. Like them scoring three goals against us was like a big deal for them, and then they got they yeah. Got... But Johnny Goudreau is nowhere to be seen. You got Sam Bennett, Matthew Kachuk, and Sean Monahan. Where the fuck is Johnny Goudreau, the guy who's supposed to be your stud? He's kind of a dud. <laughs> the stud turning into a dud. Oh, but he can't be a bud. <laughs> no, he can't be a bud. It's only buds are buds. I mean, Goudreau did have an assist in that game. Yeah, but I mean. From your star player, you're expecting a lot more. Uh, just in general throughout the whole season, not just this this game. No, yeah, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. And, and I mean, as far as goaltending goes, it's hard to blame Hutch because, yeah, there was the first one, but then you have two more in the power play, so... No, no. The second no, like, I don't think I don't blame him on the second or third goal uh, at all. But my, my point in bringing that up first was that it's like... It's the confidence you, it, one. It, it, that first goal, that if it's a bad goal, it it's deflating to the team. I could hear, I could hear that fart sound. Yeah, I really it, could exactly. Hear that fart sound. Like like you know you've played in games, dark where close games happen. But if a if a if you're in a close game and your goalie just happens to let in the stinker, it's gonna stink the rest of the game. Well, it affects everyone around you. Absolutely, and the shots are the perfect telltale sign that Riddick had an outstanding game. Oh and yeah, Hutch didn't you got because we we outshot them thirty four to thirty three. The simple fact is Hutch Near, got, nearly Hutch on got par. Out, Hutch got outplayed. Oh, of course, 
but he's our third string goalie. He yeah. used to be our fourth string goalie for yeah. fuck's sakes. Yeah, but like, it, it, but to, to try and say that that game is not at all his fault, I think is an oversimplification of the problem. I think there's a lot of blame to go around. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I think everybody should you know take their share. The the forwards should have got some at least one goal. You know. True, but I I think I think the di- like you look at the difference between you know Monday's game and Wednesday's game, and it's that bad goal. The Leafs still didn't score until two minutes left in the game. They still scored first, but that first goal that went in wasn't a bad goal. It was just a goal, right? And that's the difference between letting in a goal in a close game and letting in a bad goal in a close game. Letting in a goal in a close game actually fires the boys up. He's like, hey, boys, don't worry. We can get back in this. Feeling a bad goal in a close game is like, oh, we're fucked. Uh, repetition is, is a whole big thing for the players to watch that float in. It was, you, you could hear that noise across the bench. You mentioned it. And uh, when the goaltender lets in, uh, uh, it it was bad. He he had he, his his problem is he doesn't he is indecisive when he, when the puck is in his area whether he should trap it, mm. block it, or deflect. He doesn't know what to do with the puck and went right under his pads. And happy Christmas to everybody on the other side. Yeah, seriously, uh, he came with a bad reputation from the last time round, and I guess the players. Confidence from the players, that's that's exactly what uh, is needed, and uh, he had none. Well, it's it's hard to build confidence with your team when you let in three goals every game. <laughs> like, look, look at his numbers. Look at the games he's played. He's, I think he's played at this point, I think he's played like 25 games for the Leafs, and I think 20 of those he's let in three goals or more. Can't do that. You, you're not you you're not winning many games when you're expected you're expecting your team to score four goals to win. Yeah. Right? Like that's 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 hockey. Like like you, nobody averages five, four goals a game. So like and you're going to try build comp but this is where like the Wednesday night's performance of Hutch to shift into to that that gear. Like oh. that was great. Yeah. That was great. That was the best probably the best game he's played as a Leaf. Exactly. Round 2 against the Flames was way better on all fronts. I think they responded very well. But like I don't even it was better like the Leafs played better but they were still running into the same challenge. Their the power play still sucked. They still looked indecisive and it was heroics from Bill in the last 2 minutes that and the overtime that kind of pushed us over. But the difference was Hutch didn't let in the bad goal. Well, that's the thing. It was a battle of the goalies until the third period. Yeah. Well, what would you think if Hutch was in net tonight? Do you think the Leafs would have won? Oh, no, I don't think so. I, I would guarantee that McDavid wouldn't be nearly as pissed off as he is. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably have three points. <laughs> like, I, like it's great. Like, I, I feel like there's a reason you don't see that many Southpaw goalies in the league. And it, it, as much as it can work to your advantage in some circumstances because players aren't used to shooting on that, so you might they might shoot blocker side into your glove. But I feel like there's more circumstances where that screws you. Like there was a game like in the game on Monday where Hutch literally goes to block at something with his blocker and brought his glove over at the same time to try and make the save. So he's bringing his hand across his body to make a save. You're pulling yourself entirely out of position, making yourself smaller in order to try and make a save, and that, I, I'm, but a regular format goalie doesn't do that. Like that's 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 literally like street hockey shit. Like the stuff me and you do has never been a trained goalie where you're like, ah, I'm just gonna try and catch with my gloves. I don't trust my blocker, but he's doing that as a southpaw, and it just doesn't make any sense. Like the amount of times uh, 
Jack Campbell was able to just, just snag the puck with his, with his glove ton, uh, tonight. Hutchison couldn't do that because all those shots are going to his blocker. You know what? There's a few things that stood out to me about this game. Um, and the first one's VC Again, he took a really bad penalty, and we all know what happens with people who take bad penalties on the bods. <laughs> they end up being done. <laughs> so, you, just, you just ruined my done. Uh, really? Because that was my dud. <laughs> He's just everyone's dud. <laughs> He's an unanimous dud for the week. Oh my goodness. But we'll get to that. Um, anyway, uh, not, uh, what bothered me mo- most is that not only did he take a bad penalty, but the very next shift he's out on the power play. And I'm like, why? Why in the fuck would you reward a player with the power play minutes when he's not usually there after he just takes a blatantly stupid cross-checking penalty? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder why Keefe hasn't been harder on, on VC. And, like, I get he's on an entry-level contract and whatever, but, like, the guy has done nothing. Nothing to deserve to stay in the lineup. You have all these guys rotating in and out of the fourth line, and he's basically been a fourth liner all season that would just happen to play multiple lines. Uh, VC's a guy the least been watching for years, and I'm sure the Marlies... Uh, at that time, we're saying, wow, we'd like to have him. And I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. And I think uh, they're learning by experience that this guy is not exactly what he made out to be. In fact, I thought this kid was, was going to be the the great the next coming. But obviously, uh, he has failed so far. I mean, it's hard league to be successful. And I think he's learning that the hard way. <laughs> and But, like, at this point, like, he's, well, he's almost 27, like, Dude, figure it out. Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna be got out of the league. He's gonna, that's the this thing. is your yeah, chance. Like this is your last chance. Out of the league, if if he keeps it up like that. Like I, I don't think it. I don't know whether it's actually hit him or not. That like, if you don't succeed in this season when you're playing for arguably the best team in the league, you're not gonna succeed anywhere. You're done. Your career's over. You're gonna be going to Europe. Pretty much, yeah. And I, and I don't think like the way he plays, he doesn't play with any passion or any heart in those circumstances. I don't think that reality is set in on him yet. And I think that's on his that's on his agent. Like that, his agent needs to get in his ear and be like, "Dude, if you don't figure your shit out, you're gonna be done. Your career's gonna be over." And he Absol- needs to realize that. Absolutely, he needs a wake up call of of some sort. Um, but one thing I didn't love was seeing the combination of Engvall and VC. Yeah. That was rough. There yeah. was, it just didn't click at all. Both of them have not played well to date. Although and Engvall played great tonight. I, I, yeah, th- this was before tonight. Yeah, and I'm just saying. <laughs> they were split up after. <laughs> <laughs> but he was the most they played player. at least a period together. And my God, they were just bad out there. They like they should not ever play together ever again. They were that bad together. It was almost like if you had put CC and Marinson together. Oh, <laughs> oh. he mentioned the bad word. Jeez, give me fucking. You're not allowed to say that word. That's n- giving me nightmares. <laughs> Marinson is worse than fuck. <laughs> we just need to start censoring Marinson's name in the podcast. Just yeah. bleep it out. <laughs> Yeah, you know we we do not speak his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But speaking of Wednesday's game, like how many how many chances does Soupman need? <laughs> like this guy, 
I he's swear. had the most shorthanded right. chances in the league. Probably. He is. He's the new. Moder- he's the new Michael Grabner. Uh-huh. Think about it. You guys remember Michael Grabner who played for the Leafs? This guy had a shorthanded breakaway every game and didn't score a single goal goal in his Leafs tenure. The, the, really? Yeah, he I did. He had at least one. No. Grabner did not score. He got traded midseason and ended up scoring his first goal for another team. He did not score a goal in that season. And he had a breakaway every game because he just has wheels. And that's what McCabe does. He's got wheels. He's so fast. So fast. So fast. And he catches people off guard because he's this big, lanky dude that just fucking laser beams up the ice. And he gets all these chances. Like, dude, bury one of them. Like, the two-on-one shorthanded break. Like... Sure, Riddish makes a great save, but he also shot it back into him. If he shoots that at the post, that's going in. <laughs> maybe, maybe he should get lessons from Hyman. <laughs> maybe he should. Maybe he should. You know, I think a few players could benefit from Zach Hyman's, you know, skill set. And Jimmy Vesey's one of them. Oh, yeah. If Vesey played with half the give a fuck that Hyman plays with. He'd be great. He'd be an all-star. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be great. I feel like you could say that about a lot of players, though. Yeah, that's true. You, could, like, you could have said that about Phil back in the day. Imagine Phil play with the give a fuck of Hyman. Holy! Like, you got a superstar. <laughs> and, and the goat from last year. Oh, oh yeah. Same. Same. Just give him a little truculence, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, I loved I, Freddie the Goat. I never had any issues with. He was just like, you, dude, you're a fucking giant. Use, Use that to your you're advantage. You're like 6'4", or like 250. <laughs> what are you doing? You're like the softest player on the team. <laughs> yeah. the Mitch Marner's like, showing more oh grit than you, motherfucker. Freaking William Nylander threw a hit tonight and has more than fucking <laughs> Freddie Goat did the whole fucking time he was here. Oh, you threw a feather duster. <laughs> um, but speaking of guys, like lower, lower end guys in the lineup, I've really enjoyed Travis Boyd's game. Travis Boyd has been low-key a fucking beautician. Yeah. I mean, like, there's nothing to dislike about what he does. No, he's been amazing. He, he, he felt, I feel like he plays a very simple game, and I love that. I Which, love That's simplicity. what you wanted of a fourth liner. And, but, like, he's, but he still contributes. Contributes. Like, fuck. Contributes more than VC. <laughs> well, that's not saying much, though. <laughs> Unless VC is getting a pass from Nylander, he's not scoring. <laughs> Think about it. He's got like three goals this thing, season. He's played himself weeks. out of those opportunities. Oh, yeah. Like, sorry. Well, he doesn't deserve those opportunities. Yeah, exactly. You're like, you're only going to get those passes from William Nylander if you're playing well enough to deserve those passes from William Nylander. Because otherwise, it's like he was tonight on the fucking fourth line. Guess where, what? Where he deserves to be. You're going to, and guess what the next step is? The taxi <laughs> squad. So fucking figure it out, bud. I mean, at this point, I'm like, yo, call up Nick Robertson and get Jimmy out of here. Is he not still injured? No, he's been playing for the Marlies for like two weeks. Shit. <laughs> Get him up here. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because if the OHL was running, he wouldn't be able to play for the Marlies, which is I, the crazy thing is I think this might be the best thing ever for Jimmy v, for Nick Robertson because he was way too good for Junior. Yeah. Like way too good oh, for yeah. Junior. And in a normal world, he would never be able to play in the AHL. He would have been forced into the NHL. And so now that he actually has the opportunity to play in the AHL, I think it's really good for his development to play professional sport, play professional hockey against men, put up some numbers, get your confidence up, and then come up to the big boys when you're ready. Absolutely. But you know what? To just circle back to Travis Boyd, just, you know, some of the things he's impressed me with is like, number one, he's getting pucks on net, like even in opportunities where he shouldn't be. Like there was that one play in this game where he was at the point and he just kind of did a spin and shoot it on net, but it almost went in. Mm-hmm. Like he, it, it's little things like that 
that as a fourth liner you need to do. Because simple. It, it, it is simple. Just get the puck on net. But on top of that, he's getting into the corners. He's winning the dirty battles. He's crashing the net hard, and he's creating chances. And, I mean, what more do you want out of a fourth-line player? That's that's the dream. Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. I, I, I can see, like, I don't know how you take Travis Boyd out of the lineup at this point. You don't. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Like, he, he has played to a point where he deserves to be an everyday player. He, is, he has proven enough. And I look at a guy like Adam Brooks, who I didn't dislike in his, his short short stint in the, with, the, with the Leafs this year. And like I feel like someone like him or Nick Patan or or who else whoever else is in the taxi squad gets deserves more of a chance than Jimmy Vesey at this point. Well, that's the thing. I think Keith has been giving him chances and slowly downgrading him. And uh, you know, sooner or later he's gonna run out of space on the, the lineup and he's gonna end up on that taxi squad. So you know, you know, you can't blame Keith for this because Keith has given him every opportunity in the world. I, but like, as much as I don't know, you can't blame Keith. I like, I am a big fan of of Sheldon Keith. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes I feel like he needs to drop the hammer a little bit more on the lower end guys in the lineup. Like he he's he benched William Nylander the other night, right? Clearly worked. Clearly worked, which is great. <laughs> but like, but that's my point. It's like, do that to everyone, not just dust us to the big boys. Like, send a message to everyone. And, but VC and VC, like VC only played like six minutes the, on on Monday, so he did get benched. But he's playing fourth line minutes, so like, that's what do you expect? But like, sometimes you need to scratch someone. Like, bro, he he needs to realize that this this spot in the lineup is not guaranteed to you. No. And, and right now, it seems like he is. He, he seems like he is. So, well, I think tonight was a really good kind of um, point to look at because he was on the fourth line. Yeah, and he's been gradually moving down. He started on the second, moved down to the third. Now he's on the fourth, and the next step is the taxi squad. If he doesn't start fucking playing, well, for a last point on on, on Travis Boyd, I mean. Peter, you you literally told me your my whole life that hockey is a much simpler game than. Than, than people realize like it can be complicated but like actually playing the game is very simple make the simple smart easy decision and it'll work out most times and vc just doesn't do that vc wants to be a superstar and i, I i've got that feeling i, I actually re- i was really really high on him and i was a little disappointed when he didn't come the least way about about three or four years ago when there were Offering his services round, and mm-hmm. uh, and he went. He chose New York because he was he came out of college and had all these decisions. And the Leafs were uh, on the um, uh, on the on his list. And then he said, oh, "I'm going to New York." A uh, uh, little bit of attitude there, um, and all of a sudden uh, now he's here. Um, there are lots of other players who deserve a spot. That's my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent agreed. You know, one of the biggest issues we've run into this week was a lot of concern over the performance of our captain John Tavares, and it's it's tough to uh, really blame him. He's in a he was in a bit of a slump, and you know, he, I personally just thought in that second game where even though we pulled out the win, but I think he just needed to take a step back, take a step back, take a breath simplify your game because it seems like he was forcing a lot of things trying to do a little too much 
Um, and sometimes when you're in that slump, less is more. I mean, like, Tavares seems to me like someone who needs someone to feed him the puck, which is why him and Marner worked so well together that first year. But as much as that line worked great tonight, <laughs> I, I, I am very hesitant to try and break up the magic that is Matthews and Marner. And so what they, the adjustment that I would make on those lines is that you need someone to pass the puck to JT, move Jumbo down. Jumbo is literally one of the best playmakers of all time. Put him on a line with JT and Nylander, two shooters, and then you move Hyman back up with, with Matthews and Marner, who does all the, the dirty work for the shooter and the playmaker. It, to me, that just works. That mean, or even, you know, throw Barabetta on the top line. I don't care. because if you, I, I definitely don't want to break up that hyman mikheyev uh, Engvall line, because that looked fantastic. I did like that. that. That Tonight, that line looked fantastic. You know, although, like, Engvall, you could switch out for Kerfoot at any point anyways. But, like, I think you should so throw someone else with Matthews and Marner and move, JT, move Jumbo slightly down, because I think he would be a perfect fit with, with uh, JT and Nylander. And I think that would really help JT's game, because, one, you have an extra more responsible center there, play, helping with the defensive side of things, helping with face-offs, but also someone to feed him the puck and do a little bit of the down-low area stuff as well. Well, I find it curious that you bring that up, like specifically those those combinations, mainly because if you think back to when you know the Leafs first got JT and Austin Matthews, William Nylander, and Marner, um, Austin Matthews and William Nylander had an excellent chemistry going. True, and Always I have. feel like this game against Calgary, this OT win, really demonstrated like kind of a resurgence of that chemistry because think about both William Nylander goals are assisted by Austin Matthews. True, but the first one was just a mad scramble in front. That's not really because of the No, chemistry. but the second one was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a fantastic pass and goal on all points. Um, but I don't know. I Like we know Matthews and Nylander works. We know Tavares and Marner works. So like you could do either, but... We literally, like, Matthews and Marner have literally been top of the league in points this year. Why would you break that up? Well, the way I see it is, why not just keep a hybrid model? Why not keep both of them so that they all play with each other and you can mix it up? So when people read Matthews and Marner, you just shake it up a bit and put Marner with Tavares and Matthews with Nylander because it's a whole different form of attack when you do that. So you're almost saying, like, do what Chicago used to do with with the uh, Kane and Taves from the, like, play them on separate lines, play them I'd together. say that's a pretty good fucking model. Eh? <laughs> well, yeah. Did half good. <laughs> Not too bad. Three cups later. Yeah, just, just a few. <laughs> Broke a really long drought. Yeah, the longest so, drought more than us. So that's the thing. It's like, if it, if it works, then fucking do it. And you have the, the resources to do it, which we do. Um, but, you know, moving on to the, the back end, I was really impressed with TJ Brody Honestly, playing against his old team. Like, TJ has just been so, on like, low-key this season. Yes. And, like, I love everything that he does on the ice. Everything. Like, it's not to say he's perfect. He makes his mistakes here and there. Game of mistakes. But, yeah, of course. But, like, the, the plays, the simple plays that he makes, and you're just like, I've been wanting this for so long. Just someone to play with Riley to just fucking chill out. Just chill out and make smart, effective decisions. And that's exactly what TJ Brody does for Morgan Riley and the Leafs right now. It's perfect. I it's think, amazing. I think he's added an element to the Leafs 
defense, team defense, yeah. not not just defense. Well, that's an example. It's a level of calmness. It's a level of poise that we didn't have before. Like he kind of reminds me of Thomas Carberry a bit. A lot because he he doesn't quite have the Thomas Carberry breakout, but he has the the breakout pass. Yeah, and he calms the game down. He takes that extra second and makes the smart play and not the. He'll fake, he'll fake clearing it, and I'll take that extra second to look around, observe his surroundings, and realize that on defense, you have more time than you give yourself credit for. All oh, it always, takes, always, always, right? You always think you're under pressure, but if you fake that one move, by nature, the forward that's forechecking you is going to likely do a flyby with their stick, and then all of a sudden, you have a lot more time to mm-hmm. make a way better decision. Yeah, it's not uh, not often that someone's coming in to crash and bang on you on a four check. It's not some teams will. So yeah, but it's pretty rare. And some players on those teams is not at every time. So like being able to recognize that, take that t- extra time, it's amazing. Dad, what have you what have you thought of TJ? Yeah, so far. Sorry, my mind was. <laughs> <laughs> I, my, I, I visually watching. I I visually think back on the game. And uh, was totally immersed in my thoughts there. <laughs> well, like overall, let's think about the season and this week in general. How have you how have you thought about uh, TJ Brody's game? Uh, Brody is a big surprise to me. As, and, and I got, I'll switch to tonight because um, normally there's a whole lot of emphasis, by, especially by the commentators, half-assed idiots they are. Uh, um, <laughs> They um they are always talking about Morgan Riley, Morgan Riley, Morgan Riley, Morgan, 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 Morgan. There was no mention of Morgan Riley because the defense was playing so smoothly that they didn't have to mention him because the puck was up the other end of the ice, mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing to see. And I have to say that uh, Brody fits right into it. It's like smooth on both sides. It's a it's a great thing to see because. Morgan Riley can't do it on his own and when he tries he's really bad at it as we have seen in the last couple of years he can like like any other great defenseman can play both sides of the ice yeah. it's impossible because you water down I, this has gone back in, in my life watching my kids play when when they'd go from one side to the other to try and help out a guy who was struggling and I used to say to them don't go don't go as much as it pains you you can't Play the game for him. Play your job. Play your job. That's that's oh man, that's that's so spot on, and I think that's why it's like the TJ thing. The pairing is so good for Riley, is that for the first time in his career, really, he can just do him. Yeah, focus on Mo. <laughs> just be Mo, and TJ's like, "Don't worry, bro, I got you, man. I got you. You just do your thing, man." And and just like that, like, and, and I like that. Like TJ was also not like a huge personality either. He's very low key. I think that's exactly the type of person you need with Riley, who's very exuberant and excited and whatever. I I just I love it, and I got a bit, huge, huge, huge props to Kyle Dubas for bringing in TJ because I think he's a perfect fit. And it also makes me kind of sad that and a little mad at Nazem Kadri because he canceled the trade to Calgary that would have given us TJ Brody a year earlier. Instead, we got Tyson Berry. And we all know how that went. <laughs> and we all know how that turned out. So, Kadri, I'm a little mad, Ooh. but boy, am I ma- am I happy we have TJ Brody now. 
Oh, fucking love TJ Brody. He's a beauty. And also a shout out to Michael Hutchinson because he played fucking solid. In this oh, game. yeah. that's That Wednesday night game was the best game I've seen him play in his, his Leafs career. Easily. He gave them an opportunity to win. He and didn't then Bill Nye, in. the wrist shot guy, showed up and gets two goals. I just want to say, I fucking, first period, I was like, Willie is going to score tonight. I called that. You were there. You witnessed it. I said, Bill Nye is going to come through tonight. On the night where the boys are not buzzing, Bill is buzzing. Hutchinson's still shaking from that win. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, my God, they did it. (laughs) He let in that late goal, and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get roasted. (laughs) But like I said earlier, that, that late goal, like, it wasn't a bad goal. It was just a, no. good, it was a good play by the by the Flames. And like you can accept those. That that happens in a hockey game. You're going to get scored on. Yeah. But it's Especially. the bad it's the bad goals that are deflating. And that was the difference between Monday and Wednesday for me. It was that like Monday he led in a bad goal and it all fell apart. Wednesday he led in a goal and the boys bounced back and Bill Nye came through in your Renaissance painting painting and <laughs> then just an yes. absolute fucking stud of a goal in the overtime. My goodness. What a fucking... That was a beauty. What a thing of beauty. Just a snipe show. Snipe show, defending the puck. Like, everything you you want from Bill Nye is just fantastic. So, Bill Nye the wrist shot guy, living out to his reputation. You you love to see it. Oh, man. That's why I bought his jersey when when he first came here, as I have been a big Willie supporter, always will be, and all of you fucking haters who like to say trade Willie, I will... Fight you to the day I yeah, die. Yeah, where, where are all those trade offers now? Yeah, fuck right off. <laughs> non-existent. Non-existent, because this guy is going to be a consistent 30-goal, 70 70-point 70 guy in this league, and you don't trade guys like that when you're getting under $7 million. Yeah, I mean, look, you could be spending $7 million on Jeff Skinner, who's a healthy <laughs> scratch. <laughs> Seven million sitting in the press box, ladies and gentlemen, and that makes you feel a hell of a lot be better paying about seven paying seven million for an aging Neal Phil Kessel. It, I, I, it fascinates me that uh, even Nylander and, of course, the idiot in the sun throws him up like a, um, an IKEA put together guy who hasn't hit his form yet. He is an up and down player. Streaky. Most of the players, streak, streaky guys. Uh, should we say the same about the captain? Oh, no, we can't say the same about the captain because he's from Toronto. But poor old Willie Nylander has taken it from every end. He is a wonderful player, and I would hate to see him trade up because I know for one thing, and I've lived the Leaf life, you get burned by guys like that. Oh, you know he would come back here with a vengeance and just light us up. Yeah. Eat Alex Steenus. I also love. I also. <laughs> I, I. I never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but I'm so happy you brought up Steve Simmons because of what Bill Nye said after he scored the OT yes. winner. Yes, put that on the front page, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like fuck yeah, Bill. Show that little fucking rat what it means to be a good fucking hockey player. Because like fucking uh, some some building might be necessary. You fuck right off, Steve. This man is a—he scored thirty goals last year. He proved everyone wrong last year, and he's always been a streaky guy. He's working on consistency. He's still just entering his prime. He's fucking good. Don't you don't trade skilled players. And it's like Kyle Dubas said last year: we're not in the business of trading talented players. Love it. Finally, right? Yeah. Oh, finally. <laughs> like we we don't want to run into a situation where we trade Alex Steen. 
and Carlo Goliacovo oh for God. Lee fucking Stempniak. Uh, Are you kidding uh, me? That's got to be one of the worst trades in NHL history. That might be the worst. It's def- to me, that's definitely the worst trade in Leafs history. It's so bad. But you can, like... Laughably you, bad. But even in, like, even even you go back all the way to the 80s and, like... We pushed guys like Lanny McDonald or you know Daryl Sittler out the out the Clark. out the door. Wendell Clark, all these guys out the door, and that and like we're not in that business anymore. And I love it. We develop these guys. We put all of our work and teeth into these guys. We deserve to reap the benefits of their development. And like, obviously, there's going to be caveats to that because like you look at Ottawa and you know Connor Brown who's doing great, and you know you look at New Jersey and Andreas Janssen who's doing great. You look at L.A. and uh, and and the guy we traded for Muzzin, he's doing great. Like that happens, but those are not your top end guys. You don't trade your top end guys for a chance at someone who might fit. You do not want to end up in a Taylor for Adam situation. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the, the Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson trades don't happen often, and I'm sorry, but Columbus won that trade, hands down. Easily. And it's not close. And it rarely is. It's usually one wins over the other. And so, like, that shit is unacceptable. But I think we should probably shift into tonight's game to close things out before we hit our buds or deads. And what a beauty of a game it was. You know, you love to see the Leafs get the, the shutout win. Finally, as a, a change, first, first shutter of the season goes to Jack Campbell. Who saw that? But coming? how happy are you to have Jack? Campbell? Oh man, Just we, we love Jack over the top. <laughs> And like it, you could see how delighted, delighted the boys were for he, him. He just seems like the best person, the best dude, <laughs> the nicest guy. Like he's just like he's just a good human being. Yeah, like way too good of a human being. You like just like want to give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's had a really tough life. Uh, Mostly uh, mentally, and, and I just can imagine the sort of pressure he's under when he plays the game because, wow, greatest game in the world. What can you say? Oh. And you're stopping pucks, getting yeah. hit with rubber. By God, he's a good guy. And I, I watch the guys come around. That's, that's, that's pure love and affection. Wonderful thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's camaraderie. And you know you need that. You need that. It's, it's like you think about a war. Hockey's a war. And you need to trust and love the guys next to you. Otherwise, you're not going to be fighting for them. And that's what hockey is. If you're not, if you don't, if you're not a family in that room, you don't love every single guy there, you're not willing to die and lay on a fucking grenade for that guy next to you, you're not going anywhere. And you can tell that Jack is one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, if you don't do that, then you're just like a Dubois or a Line. (laughs) Shots fired. Oh my get god! Get at me, Winnipeg fans oh, and Columbus oh, oh, fans! On, get at on, me! On, I dare you. Should, should I say cannons fired? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. Neither of them wanted to be there, and they got traded to somewhere arguably worse. <laughs> and they didn't even change color schemes. <laughs> and they're so boring to watch. Okay, back to a team that matters. Uh, <laughs> How about that first goal from William Nylander? What patience from Marner! Oh, what a pass! Oh man, that was like like that Nylander shot was amazing because he literally shot into a fucking tr- a puck sized triangular and put it in. But like that goal does not happen without Mitchie. especially because everybody thought he was going to shoot on the other end, and the patience to bring it around the net and feed Willie in front—that's what you want on the power play, yeah. man. That's- you need more of that. Because I feel like that was what the problem was those previous two games. We were rushing things. Exactly. 
Exactly, bro. They, they, they just kept for, trying to force it. Just take your time. Make the smart, simple play. And that was the simple play. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Go around the net. Wide open guy. Give it bang, bang, boom in the net. But how about uh, JT and Mitchie? I mean, you love to see it. You knew, you knew they had chemistry before. The guy scored 47 goals his first year here. That wasn't by accident. <laughs> 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 oh, but you love to see it, especially like that second goal, like the goal from Mitchie, like that was all JT. I and, and like that's and Jumbo, whole, yeah, Jumbo. Jumbo with the pass to JT and JT with a beauty fake and then drops it to Mitchie and Mitchie snipes. Love it, thanks. I, I think it's a big uh, confidence builder for JT because I think he's been trying too hard, and I think uh, overthinking the game. I had one son like that used to overthink the game. Leave it <laughs> out there. I used to say to them. Don't don't think so much about it. Just play the game, Dara. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Right under the bus. <laughs> right under the bus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and when uh, when I explain that to him, just go on and make it happen rather than uh, let it happen. The game gets a lot easier. <laughs> I mean, I think I learned that lesson. How about how, <laughs> how about Jason Spezza? This guy just scores like highlight reel goal. After a highlight reel goal. It's like there's little spurts where it's like, here's Senators Jason Spezza. Yeah, it's great. Little Spezza. Oh, yeah, little Spezza. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Like, like, and he actually did almost the identical goal tonight that he did, I think maybe might have been two years ago. Whereas the fake clapper freezes the goalie. The goalie looks terrified. He's like, oh, my God. And then he just goes and fucking snipes cheddar. It's classic Gretzky goal. Holy <laughs> shit, beauty. Looks like literally a full like golf wind-up. Like, I'm going to clap this at your forehead. And he's just like, oh, my God. And he just freezes and then just picks the fucking top corner. It was fantastic. Vintage, Spessa. Vintage. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a beauty, absolutely. But how about the shutout performance from Jack Campbell? Amazing. Incredible. And like we were having this conversation during the game, it was just that like I I think that Jack Campbell and the biggest difference to them is Jack Campbell looks calm, cool, collected, and he stops the play when shit's getting crazy and a little hectic. He catches it, stops it, freezes it. There's no rebounds. There's nothing. Just there's fucking chilling. Off in your own zone. Especially off of a an, there was a play tonight where it was an icing, and I think the fourth line was out against McDavid. And they 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 won the the bun bun the puck back. They got a shot and immediately snagged, frozen, done. Get get another line out. And like that's what you need from your goalie. It's like calm your shit, get the right matchups, and be aware of the game. Don't just make saves. Be aware of what's happening and make smart decisions. And that's what I love about how Jack played tonight. You know what I love is now on Sportsnet. Whenever you see McDavid pissed off, it's after he just played the Leafs. <laughs> or gets drafted by the Oilers. <laughs> but when he's like really fuming, he just got his ass kicked by the Leafs. Yeah, he was, he was fuming. He was raging. Tonight. He was raging tonight. He was like me playing Call of Duty tonight. <laughs> but, but the reason it, but the reason for it is he couldn't get anything going. Nothing. Like we were on top of him. There was one opportunity that he almost had. He almost beat Brody, but Brody had a really good stick mm-hmm. to break up the puck. Absolutely. The defensive play has been absolutely stellar. The best I've seen, arguably in my entire life. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like the the defensive play of this Maple Leafs team has been the best we have seen. 
And I got I think a lot of credit that has to go with Dubas for bringing in right guys, but a lot of credit's got to go to Kiefer as well and how focusing on defense. Because I think that there's there's one thing to fill in those those holes on defense, but the forwards have been helping a lot. Yeah, absolutely, way more than any. And that's other the thing; year. it's not just on the defenseman. Like, no. it's a it's yeah, a five man defense. Team defense. Yeah, team defense. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and the goaltender needs to know who's on the ice, and that's why Campbell he shut it down when he knows the wrong. Uh, the wrong players are on the ice, so he, he will stop the play. Any opportunity he gets, he, they'll dive out. They'll say, why is he diving out to stop the puck? Because mm-hmm. he can see the, the mismatch on the team. That's a good goaltender. You're so right. You're so right. That, that situational awareness of a goaltender is so underrated, and yeah. you're totally yeah. right there. And I think that, that, like, we even saw that in minor hockey where, like, you just sometimes you just – things are a little hectic, yeah. and you just need a freeze. You just need a, a, you just need a reset. You need to take a breath. Exactly, and that's what Hutchison never gave you. Oh. It was rebound after he rebound after attacks. rebound. This is called goaltender intelligence. He has to know what's going on. has to know what's lines on the ice. You're not there just to stop pucks. Uh, we put a mannequin in the goal net if, if you needed that. You need somebody <laughs> you can think and say, oh, geez, the fourth line's on against their first. And what do you do? Freeze the puck. Mm-hmm. Jump to the ceiling. Do what you like. Knock it out. Knock it. They used to knock it out of the rink. But that's a penalty these days. But that's exactly how it was played. Get the right people matching the right people. Goaltenders are huge in the motion of the game. Mm-hmm. And like you can even tell, like the the play where uh, Ennis like ran him over, he was still freezing the play there. Kudos to Justin Hall though for beating oh, the fuck out of, of Ennis. Like absolutely, about time somebody did that for our goalie. And that's the third time this season where Justin Hall has gone after someone after they run our goalie. And I love it. I love it so much. I love how that's becoming more of a, an immediate reaction. Before it was like it's, beca- it's becoming more and more aggressive. See, like I want to see, I want to see that aggressiveness from other players. Yeah, it's been a consistently Justin Hall, and like I love it so much. Because like, it's like, hammer time, baby. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> it's amazing because like that's that's what I used to do. You touch my goalie, I will punch you in the face. Defensemen and goalies share such a, a cherished it's relationship a <laughs> where it's like, hey, man, if I fuck up on defense, I know you'll bail me out. But if somebody fucks with you, I'm going to bail you out. It's that working relationship, mm-hmm. that protection of each other, where it's like he's saving your ass if you fuck up on defense and you're saving his ass if he fucks up in goaltending or if somebody's getting in his grill. Absolutely. So you got to have that that bond between goalie and defenseman. And I think Justin Hall is like the embodiment of that. And I love to see it. Like you're seeing hints of it from, from Muzzin on, on that pairing as well. And from Bogo as well. And I, I personally, I think that's the reason to bring in a guy like Bogo is for it. Just for that. But part of I, <laughs> but the thing is like, I, ex, I expect more of that from Bogo that I haven't seen yet. Like when it comes to like people running our goaltenders or taking shots and digging and stuff, it's always Justin Hall that is taking that that step further, and he's taking penalties. He's negated two power plays doing it, but I'm okay with you negating a power play if you're sending a message. Yeah. Don't fuck with our goaltender, and that's what I we need. I, to me, we need more from Bogo Absolutely. because you're a bigger dude, you're a scarier dude. Do that shit, especially your third pair. Like nobody cares if you take a penalty if it means that you're protecting our goalie. Yeah, and especially your goalies who are all dealing with injuries. Like fucking get up there. Well, the reason I mentioned Bogo is because he's the one who uh, helped Jack Campbell with the Kachuk situation. He's the one who threw him off him. And true, but like he didn't fucking go and beat his face in afterwards. He just threw him off him. No, but then Jake Muzzin just flicked the puck at him. So. <laughs> 
but that's, but that's, but that's my point. That's even better. I know, but that's my point is that like the 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 two like one time Freddie got jumped and one time Jack got jumped and then another time tonight is like Hall literally jumps their dude because it's like yo don't like stop trying to fucking touch my goalie like I'm gonna break you. Yeah, we can't have that, and it's nice to see finally after God knows how many fucking years. Where we haven't seen that, you know, that defense of your goaltender. You need that in hockey. It's so crucial. And I, I just, I'm so happy to see it. Great. It brings a tear to your eye. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. And, like, I, I hope I hope the rest of the defensive core takes note. Because, like, you see how much they love Jack Campbell. Like, you can see what a big part of the room he is and how much the boys just love him. And, like, I want them to show that in the way they play. You know what? Singles for Freddie. It's been a pretty good week all, all when all is said and done. I've yeah. liked what I've seen. And we were kind of due for a dud like Monday. It was it was kind of inevitable. I'm glad that we were able to pull out of the despair that was Wednesday night's game until we scored. <laughs> because we were we we were thinking that whole night we're going to get shut out back to back nights by fucking David Riddich. Who then got lit up by the sense the next night? <laughs> Yikes! And he was so mad. He threw another temper tantrum, very he similar his head to into Trump. the fucking wall. He gave himself concussion protocol. <laughs> oh man! But like it, like we went. We were going into that that like five minutes left in that third period. It's a zero zero game. They score with like three minutes left to take the lead, and it's like, oh well, I guess we're just losing this game one nothing because it didn't seem like we were getting anything going. But then we, you needed a greasy goal to get you and going. Boy, was that a greaser! It, oh and, man, but that's what you need. That's yeah, you need. absolutely. Good on Bill for going the dirty area, getting that greasy goal, and and then just scoring the nasty one in overtime. Okay, so moving on to our buds and our duds. Duds. Uh, we'll start on a more positive note today. Ooh, okay, Kian, who's your uh, bud of the week? I mean, come on, come on, Newlander. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's Bill. It's Bill, not the wrist shot guy. Guy literally won a game single handedly. By himself. Yeah, I can't argue that, man. He was a stud. Just absolute stud. He's got three goals in the week. Just, like, playing gritty, doing his thing. And it seems like he's on, uh, like, he's, like, literally, like, Kiefer had said um, after Monday night's game, he looks like he was about to take off. And he looks like he is take, about to take off. And I love it. I love it. He's getting into the gritty areas. He's making great, smart passes. He's not rushing things. He's using his legs, which is where all of his his, his talent comes from. Is like use your speed and to your advantage, and and then just doing disgusting things with the puck. So, uh, yeah, Bill Nye the right. shot guy is my bud for the week. Beauty, Peter, who's your bud for the week? I would have picked his. <laughs> I would have picked uh, Old Nylander because I love the little guy. He's fantastic, and. Uh, but for the week is it? Yeah, I have to go. Brody is pretty good. Good. It's a great pick. It's a solid pick. A solid pick. Yep. Yep. Any so, particular reasoning? Well, the guy is. <laughs> he just. He just blends into that defense to make it uh, so fluid. And and you know when the puck goes. Oh God! I lived through so many years of panic in defense. <laughs> the puck goes in there. Oh my God! I'm gonna shit myself here. We all lived through enough can. years of Jake Gardner. <laughs> oh, fears of Jake Gardner. Oh, my favorite. Oh, my uh, my big biggest fear in my life was Jake Gardner. Seven game, coughs it up. 
Whoa, overtime. <laughs> Holy shit. That was Jake Gardner for me. Okay. <laughs> the anxiety-inducing Jake Gardner. And TJ Brown is the opposite of Jake Gardner. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like your zen. He's like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love that. Love that, bud. How about you, Dar? Who's your bud for the week? Uh, I mean, my bud of the week has got to be Mitchie Marner. Mitchie has been playing out of this world. Out of his mind. Like, he's Other than been, Monday. Monday was a bad game. Monday was a bad game, but that was a bad game for the whole team. Yeah. But, you know, he bounced back in a big way. And especially tonight, mm-hmm. I I think tonight he really... I think tonight was the best game of the season for him so far. I, I think the patience he showed on the Nylander goal, he made that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And then he snipes one home with the pass from Tavares. So he's got the ability to get other guys going like Tavares and Nylander when that those aren't even his main line mates, right? He's on pace for 39 goals in an 82-game season right now. He's playing out of this, out of his mind. And you know what? If he can limit his games like the Monday game, you know, he's going to see a lot of good things. He's going to be up for a lot of trophies. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. And you love to see it because he's a beauty. How about the dud of the week? I mean, we all know who my dud is. It's, we said it earlier. His name is Jimmy. His last name is VC. And uh, he's just a severe dud. And, like, he went from being a just a guy to being a bad player to being a dud. Like, it's just been a natural decline of his play, and it's really sad. But, like, bruh, you, you don't do anything. Anything. Like you got, he got an assist tonight. It was a secondary assist that he really didn't do anything on. So, like, bruh, figure it out. I don't know. I don't have much else to say on it. He's, he's just very frustrating to watch, and um, I think other people deserve ice time over him. I think other people deserve playing time over him. So, uh, for me, he'd be scratched for the next game. That's it. That's over me. Hard to argue that. Peter, who's your dud? I can't pick one. I can't <laughs> pick one. I, I would pick... Uh, I have to pick it off the, off the ice and say, as the boy said tonight, <laughs> the wonderful feeling, and this is a wonderful feeling for a dud, but the fact that we couldn't hear the Leaf fans in the crowd in Edmonton <laughs> shouting, go Leafs, go, with <laughs> five minutes to go. So the dad is no fans. No, no fans. <laughs> I mean that's super true because in a game like tonight, when playing in Edmonton, we all know that 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 rink could be half Leaf fans or more, and there would most definitely have been a goal Leaf go chant in third period there. Well, why do you think they didn't want to keep the All Canadian Division? Because that would be the case in all Canadian places. <laughs> it's so true. Even in the Bell Center, you would have that section of the nosebleeds, and God bless those fucking guys because they would probably get jumped after the game. Leaf Nation travels well. <laughs> But uh, my, it's actually a good dud. I like that. I do. No I, you know, it's it's unique. My I mean, dad haven't called that out yet. Sorry, go ahead. My dad's a little more unique, um, and, and I don't even know if it's that deserved. But <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go with Alex Barabanov. Really? And I think it's just solely based on his performance today. Mm. I think he had a lot of careless turnovers, um, and he there was one specific where he made a backhand in his own zone and gave yeah. them one of their best scoring chances. That was real bad. Backhand, backhand zone, up, up the middle, the middle yeah. in your own zone. Like that's hockey. Oh, dog would be disappointed. That is hockey one hundred and one. <laughs> you do not put a, uh, anything up the middle in your own zone. First of all, 
Let alone a backhand. And when McDavid's on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> for fuck's sake, man, you're going to give me a hernia. <laughs> Who's he? <laughs> He was, but uh, so he was on the top six. He's won the KHL this year. But at the same time, it's like oh, Mike David. I was asking. Oh, me. some guy. I, I'm I'm really grasping at straws here. For, oh, we are uh, for a dud. I mean, yeah. we're two and one on the week. Like, there's only so much hate we can throw. And I mean, Aaronov hasn't done much. No, I mean, I I that's was, the first big mistake I've seen out of him. And you know, you just hope for. I I personally hope for a little more out of him because otherwise, you're rolling into VC territory where you're just kind of there. I mean, he hasn't got the same opportunities as VC has. No, he has. He's getting them now. Yeah. Well, maybe, so we'll see what he does with them. Maybe that's exposing some. Might be. Maybe. Mistakes. Absolutely right. But maybe that's also part of the learning process. Maybe he learns from those mistakes and becomes a better player as a result. Unlike VC. Well, this also his. He's also a rookie in the NHL. Like he's coming exactly. from the KHL versus VC, who said five years to develop in the NHL. So yeah. So he has. A little bit more of a, I'd say he's a longer leash Absolutely. than DC does. But he's still a dud for the week. That's totally fair. <laughs> totally fair. Don't you love the competition? It's fantastic. The fact that we have the players to fill the points is fantastic. The, the fact that we have Nick Robertson just chilling in the Marlies right now. Bring that and, man and, up. And Adam, Brooks, Adam Brooks just chilling in the Marlies wow. right now. Bring him up. <laughs> like, it's great. It's great that we have all these guys that can play in the, in, in the it's just great to have internal competition in general. Across the board at every position, it's great. It's great, and I and I don't think I can think to a time in my life where we've had this much competition at every position. Absolutely, and it's it's great that the Leafs are on top of the league right now. It's it's kind of a weird feeling. It's super weird. I'm like trying not to get caught, be like I'm too giddy cocky. as fuck. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to not get my hopes too high. You know. Yeah, I remember the shit kicking we got from Boston, and that'll go on for years until we hold that cup. So. I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I don't think anybody we're, can blame we're, you. The Leafs have given you PTSD, for fuck's sakes. We're, we're hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. <laughs> if they fall off this cliff, I might jump with them. <laughs> well, first of all, I'd like to just thank you for, for joining us again on the BADS. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. It is so much fun. And Kian, I'll let it. I'll let you take us home. I mean, yeah, like just did what Madara said. It's uh, it's great to have you here, Peter. Uh, we love your insight and, and perspective on the game, and uh, it's always fun talking hockey with you, anyways. But I'm uh, there. Go ahead. Oh, thanks a lot. Uh, I love this. Uh, can't do it too often because uh, past my bedtime. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I appreciate anyone who's made it this far in the episode, and uh, never. Never forget, go Leafs, Leafs go. go.